Inside the Virtual Hardwood, it's the MLSC Podcast, episode number 398. Andrew with you once again, I am Andrew in the Forum and Andrew MLSC on Twitter. My co-host is Derek, you know him in the Forum as Deeper3 and Deeper384 on Twitter. I'm happy to be here again. Uh, our NBA Live 10 semi-final series kicked off tonight. It did. And through artifacts, through freezing, we're playing it over par- Parsec, um, through me being scared that it was going to freeze and crash all game, uh, we got through it, and game one is in the books. We did it. It's, it's overdue. We have. Uh, it's been hard to, to hook up to play recently, uh, as far as uh, being able to make time, of course. But technically, we have been able to, or we thought we were able to, a few uh, technical difficulties at my end with the uh, with the PS3 emulator, which we're playing on, of course. Uh, hasn't happened before, and, and wasn't ha- wasn't happening in our previous tests with the game, but performance was a little bit off, uh, which is strange because my PC has been running very well since upgrading to Windows 10 at long last. Uh, everything else, Steam games working fine and other emulators, but for whatever reason, maybe the, co- the config is not right, maybe I need to do a, a fresh installation of the emulator and uh, set everything up again. Won't, won't take too long to do that, of course, but yeah, it was a little bit glitchy and a little bit uh, hesitant in some cases, uh, freezing up as it did. But we, we got through, and it was a, a pretty competitive game. But I, I was not the top of my game, I must admit. And on top of that, uh, you're, uh, you're, you were playing some excellent defense, which made it very difficult for me to uh, to be at the top of my game. Well, a couple things. Um, I still think it's amazing, and you know we've talked about this several times now, that you live on the other side of the world. You're in Australia, and I'm in the U.S., uh, you know, an hour outside of Boston, Massachusetts, and we were able, were able to connect and play a game like NBA Live 10 um, and for us to get through a game. And if it wasn't for the artifacts and the freezing that was happening, which I don't think had anything to do with Parsec at all, the the game would have been incredibly playable. Uh, You know, I obviously had some of that input lag that we've discussed and, you know, some of my shots were on the way down and whatnot. And I've seen that happen to you when, you know, when I host, as well and free throws were tough and everything but uh it was playable and i think that's great and it, i actually was scared when um i was up by 11 and i took a shot and left four seconds on the clock in the first half there was only four seconds left in the first half and you came down and you hit like a steph curry range three with dang when i was in your face uh to pull within eight and that actually worried me because I was like, oh, there goes my momentum. But yeah, the, the, my team's defense was really solid. And uh, I felt like Chauncey Billups carried me a little bit in the first half with those threes. Oh, it definitely made it tough for me. And you, your momentum uh, to that point did pick up again very quickly. And it, but it was still fairly competitive until I just... Uh, you, pu- you pulled away uh, in, the, in the fourth. It was very, uh, very tough to try and uh, contend with that. And the defense was just excellent. Uh, Derek Rose, who is normally a bit cheesy, especially on... Uh, as we mentioned before, we're playing on Pro with the NBA Live 10 tournament, and some people might say, oh, Pro. We're doing that because over Parsec, it does compensate for any lag. It's uh, it's a tournament for fun. Obviously, if we were doing a highly competitive tournament, we would ratchet up the difficulty somewhat, but it's it's done for all of, all the games. Everyone has been playing on that difficulty throughout the tournament, uh, simply so it can be a bit more of a uh, an offensive exhibition, I suppose, or just a little bit easier with that uh, Parsec uh, with with some of the input lag that will happen when we're playing peer to peer over Parsec, which is still very minimal, but it it just makes it uh, just a little bit more fun for a uh, fun and casual tournament like this. But 
It's, uh, it, it was a great win by you. Uh, once again, we were doing the sporting thing when a few things went wrong with uh, backcourt violations. Uh, you, you got one call on you where you were definitely didn't even go backcourt. I, I don't know what happened there. There was a lag spike, so I didn't even see it. Okay. Yeah, like, it just ended up being a bad. I just saw on my end the backcourt violation call. So, um, yeah, it didn't even show up on my end, so I don't even know if it was real or not. It looked fake to but. me. <laughs> I didn't even see you go across backcourt, so that's it's why I handed it back, because that was definitely not a, uh, a legitimate call. Uh, it happens from time to time in Live 10. It is a wonderful game, but not by no means a, a perfect one. But of course, even today, we have issues in uh, games, which we'll be talking about later on in this episode. But it, it was fun to get back to Live 10. It's been a while. We, we had such a fun time with it over the past few months, or maybe not the last couple of months, but certainly this year, it's been one of our uh, mutual retro kicks, obviously, and playing with those retro teams and, and seeing that we can actually transfer rosters between the emulator and the physical PS3. Uh, and You and I have been talking off air about possible modding possibilities if we could ever, even if we can just manipulate the rosters and not use any custom artwork, what we could possibly do if we can find a way to edit those rosters. We can make rosters that could be used with both uh, both the emulator for tournaments such as this and also put up in the download section for, for the uh, physical uh, console as well. Yeah, a couple things I wanted to point out. Uh, first off, I didn't even say who we were using for those people who may have not heard our, about the tournament or the prior episode. Or oh, of course, to prior. yeah. <laughs> He's, uh, Andrew's using the Bulls, um, and I'm using the Nuggets. Uh, I've always been a fan of those Nuggets teams. And, um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, as far as um, the fantasy rosters, I, I think that it's crazy that we can – you know, swap a roster between, you know, PS3 and the PC version um, and go back and forth that way. I, I still wish that there was a way for us to mod the game and add in new classic teams and just do complete rosters with all the art and all of that stuff. And maybe we'll figure that out um, down the road. Uh, but like you had stated, what's really cool, uh, we talked about this before the call, is we can technically release rosters because we can release the file um that we could create on the ps3 and whatnot we can actually release rosters in the community yeah and in the nlsc and i think that's awesome because that game came out um in 2009 uh and the the ability to release nba live 10 rosters in 2021 and 2022 for the community to enjoy um i think people will download them i, I think it's fun I think so too, and especially if it works with both the original physical copy and uh, an emulation as well, people can enjoy that either way. Right, exactly. So if they, you know, don't have the emulator working, um, they can get it to work on their PS3, right? Exactly. So that's the that, that which is amazing, right? And I think a lot of people do have trouble getting that um, RPCS3 emulator to work, the PlayStation Three emulator. Um, I know uh, a few people on Parsec that have issues with getting it to run. I know that the gentleman who made it to the finals, Cavs 4872, he has a decent computer, but it doesn't run the game or any games on that emulator well, so he, can, he can't host. Um, a few other people that were part of this tournament can't run the emulator well, so it's good that I was able to host. So um, it's definitely a little bit more um, intense on somebody's computer on their system it is but, and uh and it's, it's strange because actually there's a recent post that now that emulator does boot every single game from the ps3 library which is again such a tremendous accomplishment for the team making that emulator and hats off to them and we thank them for their uh, <laughs> contributions to our gaming fun of course but 
I have been able to run it in the past. Uh, it's the session we had before we started recording. It was having those artifacts and that freezing and something. It, it's not happy with my video card at the moment. Maybe it's a case of changing the configuration, updating my drivers, whatever. I will continue to, to troubleshoot that in between uh, now and our next game. But apart from that, it was working fine before. And of course, that's always the frustrating part when, a, when an update comes through and something stops working. But we'll get there. We'll, we'll give it a shot for, for, uh, for sure. We know that it works when, uh, when you're hosting. Um, again, it's, it's very confusing because my hardware should be able to handle it and has been able to handle Parsec uh, surprisingly well in some of our previous sessions. But nevertheless, it, it did work, sort of. And, and I think people have really enjoyed the tournament. And it's, it's, it's stalled a bit, we must admit. But we're, we're right there. We're picking up our series, as you said. And the, one of us will be making it through to the finals to face, uh, face Cavs. And yeah, that will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's been tough to find time to play. It really has. You know, life does get in the way sometimes. Um, Priorities can change um, in an instant. uh, And, you know, responsibilities can change in an instant. And um, it has been tough for me to find time, especially to play with you, because our time window isn't big because you live on the other side of the world and we're separated by so many hours. And, you know, like right now, for me, it's one oh two a.m. and so one at one one o'clock in the morning. And what is it for you? Uh, just past four p.m. It? Just past uh, four p.m. Right, exactly. So that that gives you people an idea, you know, the listeners an idea of how hard it can be sometimes for Andrew and I to you know get together and play. Oh, ab- or, abs- absolutely. Know. I mean, I mean, on weekends it's not as bad, but obviously uh, the lockdown is opening up here in New South Wales, so I'm back to. Uh work i'm self-employed but i'm actually able to travel around the city again so i'm <laughs> able to see uh, see my clients um and uh go out there and do repair jobs on site so yeah before when i was we're all kind of in lockdown and just uh, chilling at home i was able to to jump on and play with you in the in the middle of the afternoon my time because i'm self-employed well, i mean I, I suppose as self-employed i could do it any time but i do need to work and, and earn money uh but when i couldn't go out i'd be able to just say hey you know it's it's two o'clock in the afternoon i've had lunch you're online uh it's evening your time let's play a uh, bit harder now that uh that i'm back at work right i think i think that um i'm still just thankful for the fact that we can do this definitely over and over again just the fact that we can even say hey why don't you host your home games and you know i'm i'm glad that you upgraded to windows 10 it was and time. yeah I, it was time it was definitely time and you're up and running now and your games that you wanted to work on it i believe work on it um so we're in good shape they have uh bethesda's even pushed through a couple of updates for uh for fallout 3 so that, to remove uh the games to windows live so it actually works fine on windows 10 now so that's a that's a plus so that, that was one of the few games that i, I was a bit uh, worried about because there were some issues with 10 but it's working fine i do need to troubleshoot some of the really old games like the uh live 2000 2001 uh three 2003 2004 because they all use the secure rom driver which is uh, depreciated in uh, windows 10 it's been removed so there are workarounds to uh, to do that so I, do, I need to set them all up again but again that's a uh, very simple Worst case scenario, I can set up a virtual machine with VMware, play them that way. So yeah, it's it's been great. But I have actually been playing a little bit of uh, On Fire Edition by myself, uh, perhaps uh, because of me missing our sessions. I do miss the road trip that we were on, um, and we were making so much progress. And I don't remember what level I am on there, um, but I know that we were making a lot of progress. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really like that game. 
we need to get back on the road trip. Um, it's good that you have the, that to fall back on. And I will say this, there, there's a small difference between actually kind of sizable difference um, with our playing habits that make it okay for you to, and fun for you to jump into that against the computer and by yourself, you know, me growing up with my two brothers all my life, I play video games with them. You know what I mean? Like 99% of the time and doing something like on fire edition solo for me and, you know, doing it against the computer, that wouldn't be fun for me. Right. Really at all. So, um, you definitely have that advantage over me. Um, as far as you're a little bit more flexible in that way, you can jump into a game like on fire edition or even a game like NBA 2k 22, uh, probably not the PC version, um, but the next gen version and whatnot and jump into a game against the computer or jump into my career and be like, Hey, you know what I mean? I'm enjoying myself. Um, but that, that would be tough for me. No, definitely. And it is what you're used to. I mean, I'm very used to that solo playing, uh, even my franchise gaming has been me against the CPU and just me indulging my GM fantasies rather than playing, uh, cooperatively or even competitively as you have done with your brothers. So it's definitely why I can enjoy that, uh, uh gameplay against the CPU more. Because I'm a, a weird collector, a crazy collector, as as you know, and as uh, you can relate to. Uh, when I got my PS3, from a, when a friend gifted it to me, I actually did build up my collection again. I went and got uh, on Fire Edition digitally, as it's still available, and uh, and NBA Jam, and the and the Live and 2K games, and of course uh, the college basketball games as well on that platform, which was the main reason I wanted a PS3 in the first place. But because I rebuilt my collection, now I've got that road trip to play through on the PS3 version of On Fire Edition as well. So I thought I'd do that. And here's something interesting I found. You remember how the the jam challenges that are showing up for you, but they're not showing up for me on my Xbox 360 version for whatever reason? Correct. Yeah. They're showing up for me on PS3. So I've been able to take advantage of them on PS3, which gives you extra XP and level up quickly, which is why I'm actually now at level 30 on PS3 and still at about level 26 playing through Road Trip again on 360. I have a feeling it's because my progress was wiped uh, due to a bug with the 360 version and I've had to start again, but the challenges, I think I completed them before, but when that progress got wiped, I'm back to level one, but that part doesn't come back. I'm not exactly sure what's happened there, but I think that's a a big part of it. But I've had those challenges to play through on, uh, on PS3 and it's made it much quicker to get through to level 30 unlocked the uh the nba street team and i have to say because we're we're looking to do that on our road trip and i I don't want to put a downer on that derek but i was kind of disappointed with the street team playing with them finally it doesn't matter to me that much to be honest with you um how well they play because we have so many options like uh, teams we've been having fun using the mascots we've been having fun using julius Irving and daryl dawkins uh, we've been having fun using Kemp and Peyton and the Bird and Garnett or Bird and Allen and whatnot. There's just so many teams that I live with it. Um, but I am surprised that they're a little bit underwhelming because you would think that they would be fantastic um, based on those original characters and whatnot. Uh, personally, we talked about this off air. You know, NBA Street Volume 2 is, is in my opinion, hands down the best street game. I think it's the peak. Uh, of the, I think it's the peak of the series. I, I like home court more than you do, but the first one is is solid, but a bit shallow. V three, lost Jordan and and a couple of other modes. Uh, home court I, I like, but it's, I can see why you don't. Uh, volume two is where it's at. It's not that I don't like home court. I just don't think it stacks up to Street Volume two. Fair. I think 
Or yeah, I and and the thing is too is they never brought back the NBA Challenge mode, and that's not in home court, is it? No, no, court. It, no. Home court's all about that campaign to put your home court on the map. Yeah. See, so you know, NBA Street Volume Two is great for my cooperative habits because my brother and I just beat it again. By the way, recently, my brother Nick and I we we beat the whole NBA Challenge mode where you play every team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in each division. Um. But in the other games, in the original Street and Street Volume uh, 3 and, you know, Home Court, there is no co-op mode outside of just playing regular exhibition games. So there's nothing we can really sink our teeth into. So that was that's a turnoff for us, uh, and that's why we haven't been putting those games on. Oh, no doubt. Uh, uh, that, that, again, speaks to the difference in how we grew up playing basketball games. I obviously played co-op with my cousin, as I've mentioned many times before, my cousin Clinton, and especially Jam uh, uh, Tournament Edition. But... A lot of other games I'm able to enjoy uh, solo because he was only here in the school holidays or maybe a weekend here or there when he came down. So, yeah, it, it's we grew up playing games so differently that I, I do uh, I, I wouldn't have even thought about no co-op mode because I, I've never really played those games co-op uh, to begin with. But that that is a huge oversight, and we do see that even even games today. I mean, how much more fun would my team be for you, especially if you could get your brothers to to join in with you? for those challenges we talked about that my nick and i talked about that um and he would jump into it because he likes the card collecting aspect i mean we grew up collecting cards right of um legends and all that stuff and and whatnot if that if my team was a two was two players and i've suggested this for years remember i've usually put it on like wish lists as well um yeah if, if my team was two players we'd be diving into that and playing it constantly uh, one of the reasons why I haven't been playing much my team on NBA 2K22 outside of not having as much free time lately is because I have to play it by myself. And um, my brother's been falling asleep a little bit earlier um, and whatnot, so he hasn't been up to watch me play and all that stuff. And it just isn't that fun for me to sit there and play against bots. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, if I'm going to play against bots, I'd like to play have somebody play with me against bots. Um or I'd like to play against another human. So the um, that lack of cooperative play in my team um, hurts the mode for me in a big way. I mean, if you, if you want that online, that uh, with that multiple experience, you could build up a player and, and go online and play in the wreck. Uh, you, you could also drive a nail into your foot with a hammer. Um, and that may right, be, exactly. that may be just as much That's, fun. Uh, yeah, that doesn't interest us at all. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> so maybe not an option. I did want to mention about the street team because they have Stretch and they have Prodigy and they have uh, two characters which I believe are from V3, uh, Fat, that's PH Fat, and Monster. Uh, They don't have Drake or Bonafide or DJ or Biggs or Takashi from the original. So some of those classic characters from the first couple of games aren't there. Stretch obviously is the mascot, the face of, uh, of street, if you will. Um, but and he's in the game. Uh, Prodigy is good. But he's a bit, he's very short, and he's the release they gave him. Because of course you remember they do have different uh, shot releases in On Fire Edition, which is cool. But the one they gave him, combined with his height, makes him very uh, difficult to uh, to not get swatted a lot. So it's they're not as I, I don't know. I guess because it's such a, a grind in a way to get to uh, to level uh, level thirty. Then to finally get the team, I was hoping they'd be a bit more powerful, but nah, it's it's still fun to have. The the problem with short players in NBA Jam on Fire Edition, especially if they have a low release or one where they're not getting off the ground much at all, um, they get blocked constantly when yep. you play on the higher levels. 
you know what I mean? Where the higher levels where they don't fall for fakes, um, you know, when you're doing the gold challenges and whatnot, or even the silver challenges, and they, just um, shove. They, they shove instead of going for the fakes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they're weaker too. So, um, they're losing the ball off the shove and they're getting blocked and all of that stuff. Um, so it does make it tough. Um, Gary Payton is just tall enough where I don't struggle. You know what I mean? With him. Um, I feel like that's our best duo still. Oh, the Sox, uh, yeah. Payton, Kemp. Uh, yeah, but height is an issue. And then as we noticed, uh, when somebody's tall, you can just be completely dominant at the hoop. Like when we played against Tim Duncan and David Robinson. Uh, so I do like that differential, though, in that game. For an arcade game, that's pretty sweet, if it we're also, being honest. It, it, you gives know, you, it gives you a reason to use different teams as well and, and try and get, right, that, exactly. get, that, get that good that, matchup. Yeah, it creates a balance that I, I think is really good. Um, honestly, I, we like I said, we got to get back on that game because we were having a ton of fun with it. And you know what? With, with all things being said and us using Parsec for the, the large majority of it, we've actually played a lot this year. Oh, we have. You know, we've played a lot of games and a lot more than we ever would have dreamed of before. So um, I'm happy about that. And I've, I've got on a couple of uh, extended retro kicks, obviously, with 06 on 360, Live 10, as we mentioned, 2K14 most recently. Uh, I mean, I... And, and it goes back to the way I've been playing games in recent years because I've been playing so much my career where you've got to grind and grind uh, to get to a player to up to where it needs to be, and then I'm playing online and playing more and more NBA games in my career, 12-minute quarters... I don't always have the time to switch around or, or, or switch back to go back to an old game like I really would like to outside of uh, doing so for Wayback Wednesday and spending some time with it and then going back to the current one. Going on those extended retro kicks has been very satisfying to, to play some different games this year and really dip into my collection beyond content creation just for my own enjoyment. And of course, it has led to content creation because of my passion for those games and, and, and seeing, seeing them in a new light, especially 2K14 and, well, actually all the games that I've really had a long revisiting with this year which has been really uh really satisfying quite honestly uh i am getting back to 2k22 now a little bit of my team uh but of course the season has just tipped off so we should have i, I believe the latest roster is accurate as of opening night i do need to double check that uh but I'm, I'm ready to start my uh my my nba because i'm very keen to get back into that experience my brother and i actually were talking about it tonight on 2k22 next gen um we're going to try to start a season with current teams because the classic teams are just all messed up, right? Yeah. Classic teams, all type teams are just so poorly done that we're just, we're not even going to do it. We find it kind of insulting and whatnot. So we're going to, and they just don't play well on the floor and it's not a fun experience and just so unrealistic. So what we're going to do is we're probably going to start a, my NBA against each other. Uh, he's going to use the warriors um, more than likely. And I'm stuck on who I'm going to use. I'm not sure. Uh, at this point um i don't really like the celtics team that we have um i don't really like the nba much today as you know um that's a barrier but, you know, like, that's a barrier to get into the current games as well because i mean if tough. like like a live 10 for example we were both very passionate about the nba at that time your celtics were doing quite well my bulls, bulls were a young team on the rise uh we were familiar with the rosters and the teams at that time so stepping back and I've mentioned this before, the whole interactive almanac aspect of old games. Not only do we have the greater appreciation after we've played those games and see those stronger points that we may have missed back in the day, or we're looking at them with fresher eyes and lower expectations, and of course we do see some errors, as well, uh, some problems as well, uh, but, but as well as the nostalgia for the on-court experience, the virtual hardware experience, there is that nostalgia for the NBA at the time. And if you don't feel passionate about the NBA currently, it's very hard to want to get into a My NBA. And fortunately for me... 
the Bulls are doing quite well after a three no start, and I'm liking the team they've put together. So I do want to play with them. But if you're not pa- if you're not into it, and of course I do have my gripes with the current uh, state of the NBA and the current uh, style of play, but I-, I am a bit more excited because of the Bulls looking like a decent team for the first time in years. So I'm. I'm perhaps a bit more excited than you are about that, but I think that'll be great. And playing against your brother, you've got that, and you've got the the good natured trash talking, and, and you've got you know you what you can do with the teams. If you do a current, uh, if you do that current uh, my NBA, would you both make any deals? Would you be looking to uh, make changes for your respective teams? Well, a few things. Um, it has absolutely nothing to do with how well the Celtics are doing. It has nothing to do. I I don't care if they went eighty two and zero. Um, I don't care if they broke the Warriors record. I don't care about that. It has zero to do with them winning games and it has everything to do with just the style of play in the NBA today. Sure. And the league direction and it being less and less about basketball and all of that stuff. And, you know, the fundamentals of the game, you know, being lost and the variety of the game in the game being lost and all of that stuff. And the fact that, like I'm not attached to any of the Celtics players, right? I'm not attached to any really of their personalities. I'm not attached to the style in which they play. I'm not it, like all of that attachment that I've had in the past, you know, when I was watching the Celtics through the nineties when I was watching them through the two thousands um, and whatnot, that's not there. Like none of it. So I have, I have no connection really with any of these guys. So for me, these are the two teams I'm looking at. Um, I, I, I'm, I've been a fan of Brandon Ingram. I like Brandon Ingram. Um, I was thinking about, and I do like Zion as well. I feel a little bad that he came into the season again overweight. That's got to be hard on his legs. Um, he needs to get that figured out ASAP before he you know, ruins his career. But I do like Ingram and Zion. Those are two guys that I like. I would consider using the Pelicans. The other team that I was thinking about using was possibly Portland because I've always liked Lillard and I've always liked his loyalty. I've liked some of his recent comments about loyalty and whatnot. I've also really liked CJ McCollum throughout his career. And, you know, he's shown respect to past players and whatnot. And he seems to have a good head on his shoulders. And he's also loyal. I really like CJ McCollum. So it would either be Portland or the Pelicans, probably. As far as trades, so this is the way we plan on doing it. Um, One thing that we always talk about is, we would want to see what ha- would happen in a season if a team was at full strength and they stayed intact for the whole season. Because what happens in the NBA now? Constant injuries, constant rest, load management, um, key players being out constantly, key players playing only 50 games or 55 games, sometimes less and whatnot. And then, you know, you have teams, you know, players moving teams, changing teams constantly and whatnot. So what we like to do when we play the season is actually turn injuries off and we keep the rosters intact. And we play through the season with that mindset that this is what would happen if those players could play all 82 games and they were at full strength. So that's what we're probably going to do. We, we play every game against each other. It's 12 minute quarters on Hall of Fame uh, and whatnot. And you know what? Hopefully we have fun with it. You know, hopefully we we get into it and whatnot because I do enjoy my NBA. No, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from on uh, on that, and it's a it's an interesting scenario. And look, I have uh, played around with such scenarios before. Of course, my '06 dynasty with the Bulls, I, I brought Sean Kemp back out of retirement. I lowered his ratings. Actually, I added him to the rosters first because he wasn't as in there as a legend, and then I uh, I took him from the uh, where I put him into the game in my uh, current roster update, update the legends as well. 
and that made it a very fun experience for me to to do that and, and have an interesting scenario I absolutely agree as far as having some kind of connection with the team, with the with the players. It's what made it so difficult to play with the Bulls in the early 2000s, not really feeling that was a very fun team to play with. Yeah, I, I think the I think the problem is, is that you have to understand how big of a Celtics fan um, and NBA fan I was. OK, uh, I think you kind of get it now. Yeah, now that you know me as well as you do. And, you know, with all of our conversations on air and off air and whatnot, you know, how much I studied the NBA and how much I loved the NBA and how much I was a Celtics fan. I talk about that 96, 97 team. I talk about the 94, 95 Dominique Celtics team, uh, you know, the early two thousands, mid two thousands, et cetera. It really bums me out the way I feel about today's product because I was the biggest NBA and basketball fan that you would ever come across. Right. And it does make me kind of sad too, that we didn't know each other during those times. Because we would have had some amazing talks oh, yeah. about on question and we would have sent jabs back and forth. Imagine knowing each other during that Celtics-Bulls series. Oh, 2009, yeah. Wow. <laughs> the 2009 series. Imagine if we knew each other and we were talking and we had to do podcasts every week during that time. I mean, that would have been awesome. Yeah. We would have been so into that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, for me, it's, it, it's, it's really tough having that mindset about the league today. And I wish I didn't, but I can't hide like the way I feel about it. No, but so. and of course you you have that going with two K twenty two, but or are looking to do so. But again, because you and I have these great collections and we have that appreciation for not not just the games of yesteryear, but the NBA of yesteryear as well, we can go back and enjoy that. And and some people would go back and say, oh, I don't want to play with uh, uh, with, with this with this team, with these players that I don't I hardly remember or, or don't know. Whereas we do remember a lot of even the bench warmers, you know, going back to the 90s and when we first started watching, obviously, Marty Conlon is my go-to uh, mention at this point, always. Uh, but even in the 2000s, just to just be able to go back and, uh, and play those games and appreciate those rosters for the time, uh, it is uh, something that we are able to do that uh, a lot of people aren't. And I, I understand why we are uh, unique in that way, or that sounds a bit more egotistical than I meant it <laughs> to be, but uh, it's uh, we do have that passion for the the gaming and the nba the games in the nba at that time so it is easier for for us to uh to go back but speaking of which obviously we have to do we have to finish off our live 10 series and you're up one uh, one zero now so it's going to be uh interesting to see which uh, if i can rebound yeah it's gonna be tough um just because of the fact that like that was a hosted game um but i think that you you know you've beat me with the bulls already um those bulls? when i was hosting those bulls or not uh, no, not those bulls, but I'm going to just say the bulls to make, you know, to make it dramatic. Sure. Um, but um, no, you beat me when I posted. So um, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. And I think that um, I think the games will be really good. Uh, and I think tonight's game wasn't bad either. Um, in fact, uh, like I said, I was sweating a little bit when you hit that dang three mm. at the end of the first half. Um, but that's probably the best defense I'll play all series. To be completely honest, that was stifling. And like, this is a game that's very hard to block dunks. And I'm pretty sure I blocked two of Derrick Rose's dunks. And I believe I blocked two with Chris Anderson, um, which, by the way, what a key guy to come off the bench, right? You want Good. somebody to stuff at the rim. Having Good man, Bird, yeah. <laughs> yeah, having him at the rim definitely didn't hurt in that game. Um, so, no, I think, I think it's uh, it'll be a good series. And there were a couple of good moments. It's a shame that the uh, the visual glitches and and the 
and the odd freezes. Because whenever it happened, I was looking over at my hard drive light, and I'm saying, no, it's not, not flickering. It's not, it's not something going on in the background of the, uh, of a program loading or something. So it's not that. So it, it must be something with the rendering. It's not happy with the settings. We'll get it sorted one way or the other, and we'll uh, complete the series. Uh, uh, see how epic we can uh, it turns out to be sure there'll be more highlights uh speaking of which of course uh, as always the top 10 came out this week that you put together the nlc top 10 plays of the week some uh some pretty awesome highlights as always that uh that mj dunk which was kind of uh, like an like an air up there dunk quite frankly he, his <laughs> so, anus up there i i don't like that what they did with the all-star game. So remember I told you on the prior, prior podcast that my brother and I were getting up to the all-star game Yep. on our, my, yeah. So we got there obviously because that highlights in there. Um, we're 60 and oh, so we've played 60 games, all 12 minute quarters on hall of fame. And one thing that they do with the all-star game. And I don't know if they did this last year because we didn't get to that point, but they put the street dunks in the all-star game. And so you got Jordan out there doing seven twenties. Um, not saying he couldn't do it maybe if he wanted to. I mean, he had hang time for days, but you never saw Jordan do that dunk. Um, but, yeah, there's just some wild street dunks that you do in the NBA All-Star game um, in NBA 2K22 because they put the street stuff out there. And when I say the street stuff, you know what I mean, the blacktop dunks. The, the one, they're, they're, and, normally, they're normally uh, playground and, and blacktop, yeah. And, and, of course, this has been the problem with NBA Live in 18 and particularly 19 uh, putting the street moves and and in the NBA part of the game. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think it's a good look. And I, sometimes you're playing during the season too, and you're just trying to dribble or like change directions, and they do some street ball blacktop move um, that you didn't initiate. It just happens automatically. So, yeah, it can get a little frustrating. But actually, there's two my two favorite highlights in the top ten. One of them is one with my two brothers and I were playing NBA 2K17 using that makeshift Celtics team um, where D Brown gets a steal. Mark was on D Brown. Um, Nick collects the ball after it's tipped by D Brown and he's locked on Paul Pierce. He gets it up to me at the other end of the court and I'm locked on Dominique Wilkins. Um, so all three of us were part of this play. And then Mark runs down the floor with D Brown and I dish it off to him and he throws it down in traffic. Um, how it's just really cool to be able to do that locally, all three of us on the sticks. You know what I mean? Um, so having that in there felt great. And then the other highlight that I thought was awesome was College Hoops 2K8. VF Baller got the number one spot, um, and he's been awesome. He's he's like he's like us. Uh, VF Baller and Ad B Ball video games are like us. They play, they collect, and play all of these older games. Isn't that cool? Like, it really, it really know, is. It, it's uh, they're the highlights on Twitter, and they're talking about the games and posting screenshots. It's awesome. It is, and you know, we we joke about being kind of uh, odd in a self-deprecating way, but again, uh, maybe maybe we shouldn't. Well, maybe I shouldn't because I'm the one who makes that those gags. Uh, we we should be normalizing it, as I've said before, and I, it's clear how much fun you can have playing an old favorite. I mean, can you expect them to play? like more up-to-date games or even games that came out a few years after no you play them and enjoy them for what they are and, and but some of them as we've found out are very fun and hold up very well these days and it's great to see those games in the uh in the top 10 and, and people putting those highlights on twitter uh the one from uh and one street ball again that's awesome too that was a session between myself and the live king actually over parsec and the cool thing about and one street ball is 
It, one, one, okay, there's a negative and a positive. The negative about And One Street Ball is there's no co-op mode outside of just playing exhibition games. So that kind of sucks. Um, but the cool thing about it is they have like over 20 players. I don't know how many street ball players. I'd have to look it up. There's just a laundry list of street ballers that you can choose from. Real ones. Real street ballers. Um, I believe that his dunk on that highlight reel was with the main event, who we all know from the end one tour and whatnot. But it's just putting your team together is so fun. Like I usually choose Escalade because he's a monster around the hoop. Um, and it's really fun to use him. And, you know, at the point guard, I'll put the professor there and whatnot. And it's just they have all of these street ball legends and, you know, congrats to them for, you know, and kudos to them for, you know, getting the permissions to put all those guys in there and then putting them in the game and the game plays pretty well. But yeah, I really like that was a, that, that highlight was actually from a session of Parsec, a Parsec session between me and the live King. That's really cool. Again, that's a solid game that I've uh, have actually drafted a retrospective of that will be at went in a uh, Wayback Wednesday feature at some point in the near future, because I did pick that one up at a pretty good bargain on eBay, actually, that price, uh, especially for eBay prices and the way they're really inflating now. I did want to circle back to the topic we had last week about possible rebranding of uh, of, of, of um, an EA Sports uh, sim game, if it's not going to come back as NBA Live, because we talked, of course, about the possible rebranding of FIFA with the uh, no, the lack of exclusivity moving forward with the license. And we uh, we have a few more suggestions from our listeners. Uh, leader of the Foot Clan, uh, at aka underscore Chuck underscore Cross on Twitter. Shout out to you as always. Uh, ESPN NBA 23, or indeed Lakers versus Bucks. Throwing it back to the uh, Lakers versus Celtics. ESPN NBA tw- uh, 2023, I actually like that. It makes me think a little bit too much of the old ESPN NBA 2K games that came out, like ESPN NBA 2K5. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't think that's a bad one. I, I, and they, they they do have the ESPN license. Unfortunately, they don't have Breen and Van Gundy anymore, which I think was a huge mistake, and I would have paid those guys. It's not like EA, EA doesn't bring in enough money. Um, I know that they wanted to do dynamic updates throughout the season and update the commentary, but I'd rather have just basic Breen and Van Gundy commentary than Jay Williams. I mean, Let's he, be completely even the new even the new Jay Williams lines are still Jay Williams, thus they are stale and... <laughs> and unappealing by default so no i i absolutely agree nba live br nba live brazil at nba live br on twitter shout out to you as well uh ea basketball or name the game after the name of the year before the finals just like the good old days so again it would be of course bucks versus Suns or Suns versus bucks uh in uh, in this case as of uh, last season so uh, again bringing back that naming convention would be interesting no i think that would be a good idea too and that keeps it fresh every year right so, um, you know, unless the Bucks play the Suns again, <laughs> and then you just maybe you call it Bucks versus Suns, you know, 2024, the rematch or something like that, or 2023, the rematch. It would have been kind of tough when the Warriors and Cavs have played each other four straight years. That would have been a bit, a bit tough to do. The rematch, rematch, rematch. Um, no, but I think those are really good suggestions. And I like how it brings back that old flavor. Um, obviously we remember bulls versus, uh, blazers, you know, bulls versus Lakers, um, you know, Celtics versus Lakers, stuff like that. So no, I think that would be, that's a really good idea. And I would be all for that. We have uh, franchise fanatics, franchise fanatics underscore on Instagram, uh, NBA evolution of the game. I like that one. Um, I don't like the word evolution because of the way it's used. <laughs> um, in order to try to discredit past eras, 
but no, I, I think it's a, that's a good one. You know, how I came up with, I came up with like it was something great, um, like Supreme NBA or NBA Supreme. I like the original titles. I like thinking outside the box and whatnot. So, um, you know, I, I had stated what NBA Countdown on the last one. So yeah, like like titles like that that have never been used before. That idea hasn't been used for used before. I love ideas like that. So no, I think that's a good one. And the uh, the last one is from at VF Baller, who we mentioned. Shout out to you, and of course the uh, owner of the number one play of the NLC Top Ten Plays of the Week countdown this week. Uh, EA Sports presents NBA Fastlane 2023. NBA Fastlane. I mean, you'd have to bring back the Eminem song, right? Fastlane. That was on 2K13, I believe. Uh, 14. Oh no, uh, no, no, 13. You are right, 13. Yeah. NBA 2K13, Eminem Fastlane. Um, 2K14 was uh, Not Afraid by Eminem. That's the one. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, no, I think that one, that one would work. Um, I don't know how popular it would be. My issue with that, because um, it is a cool name, uh, the only possible problem is that uh, WWE has a pay-per-view called Fastlane every year, so they might have some kind of trademark on that. But yeah, it also makes me think NASCAR or like racing. So, um, you know, games like, you know, you know, when you, when you can put like a play name or like a type of basketball terminology in the title, it can sound really cool. Like for example, one of the coolest video game names ever is NBA give and go. That is a basketball. That is a great basketball name uh, for a video game, NBA give and go. I'd have to do a little bit more thought on it, but it would be cool to put like a basketball action into the title. Like NBA chucking threes, 2023? <laughs> NBA step back, 2023. NBA flop, 2020. <laughs> do, do, do you think NBA Live is going to want to rename to NBA flop after some of their titles? It's... Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, it goes back to what we said. It's harder than you think to come up with a, a marketable title that, that hasn't been used before. How about not NBA Elite 2023? <laughs> so what's the synonym for Elite? NBA Very Good 2023. <laughs> yeah. NBA Better Than Elite 2023. <laughs> Super Elite. Super Elite 2023, yeah. We could go on and on. But uh, thank you to everybody who uh, suggested those titles. Keep the interaction uh, coming. We love to hear from our listeners. And uh, yeah, once again, topic suggestions and mailbag questions moving forward, podcast at nba-live.com or hit us up on any of our socials with your, again, topic suggestions or questions you'd like us to uh, to turn into a discussion. And finally this week, Derek, we do have some news to cover here. The, uh, the latest patch for NBA 2K22, both current gen and next gen, came through this week. And a bit of controversy on current gen as it appeared to remove badges from my players. And uh, 2K are saying that this is simply a cosmetic issue that they're working on. It looked like people were being, uh, the meta had been adjusted or, or res- the respec was in order or maybe it was something to do with the rebirth uh, season two, which season two rebirth where we you could uh, get a new player and get them immediately up to date. So it, it looked like they were changing the meta on people and, and people were not happy because obviously people have spent a lot of time grinding or indeed paying to upgrade their player thus far through the first six weeks of the game being out. Uh, 2k again saying that it is simply a cosmetic issue and that the badges are still there and the effects are still there uh they're trying to fix it but it wasn't a good look and some of the responses from 2k reps on twitter derek predictably were lacking in the goodwill that 2k has kind of lacked in recent years the the problem is is that number one they didn't act on it fast enough 
Number two, the communication wasn't clear and concise about the issue, and the communication wasn't being presented by the influencers um, on social media or the major NBA 2K account. Uh, so, you know, like the big NBA 2K account and people were upset about that because what ended up happening was, is people thought that they lost their progress that, uh, that a lot of people, a lot of them paid for. And, and it really is troubling to see how many people in the comments say that they paid for that progress. Right. Like you see the comments and they're saying, you know, what about the money I spent on this? What about the money I spent for this progress um, and all of that stuff? Um, you know, you guys, you had people saying that they would sue NBA 2K for this and all of that stuff. Obviously, a lot of, um, you know, just being angry, they wouldn't actually sue. Idle but they're threats, saying, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so it is really troubling to see how many kids, and I do say kids because a lot of them are kids, are putting their money into this game and continue to do so in order to progress forward. But the panic that set in, you could see it in the comments. People were like, you guys took our badges away. All that grinding that we did and all that money we spent um, was all for naught. You know, you better give us them back and, and everything. So then I saw like Ronnie2K in the comments trying to say that, you know, he was trying to say things like, you know, they're not gone They'll, um, you know, they're hidden, basically, is what he was saying. They're they're there, but you can't see them, and we're trying to fix that. Um, and I'm sorry, but Ronnie2K is the last person in the comments that's going to calm anybody down, right? Yeah. Like, his presence isn't calming for these people. So, like you had stated, um, there wasn't, like, any feel of goodwill or anything there. They were just like, oh, look, Ronnie's just trying to, like, put out some flames on social media. And look, it could be true. I, I do not, uh, because I've not been playing my career. So I, I can't say one way or the other whether the badges are still having effects. Some people are saying that they're not. So it do, does make you wonder whether they've tried to make some, some quiet changes to the meta under the hood. And they, they have been very quiet about some of the changes they've made over the years. So have they tried to make that change and now they're trying to backtrack under the hood and, and fix that and claiming that it was a cosmetic issue? I mean, I'm not saying that they did. Uh, but it's unfortunate. Unfortunately, it's possible, or at least you could see it happening because they. And, and this comes back to a big problem with Two K is that they don't have the goodwill. So the fact that I'm even entertaining such a paranoid idea of what they might have done, it, it speaks to the lack of goodwill that they've fostered over the, over the last few years. Well, remember we said that about the broadcast camera, though, and I said I didn't want to be that guy to say it. But remember when I zoomed out and I showed you all the stuttering that was happening on the broadcast cam. And then the game was released without a broadcast cam in my NBA um, and broadcast generic being removed. And then there was just silence for a couple of weeks. Right. And that's the type of thing that you, you know, did they do that on purpose because they were worried about how they would, um, how they would be looked at because of that stuttering issue. Um, are they trying to hide this because they're embarrassed about it and um, they're not being transparent to people because they don't want to admit that there's a performance issue, et cetera. So they're not including it in the modes, uh, et cetera. So unfortunately over the years, because of, you know, the lack of transparency and because of, you know, even the lies, that we've heard um, through the developer blogs and, you know, after a game cycle has finished, you know, what they say about the, 
you know, the stuff that everybody was complaining about, they wait till after the game cycle to admit it, et cetera. Um, no, there's, you know, a lot of people don't trust 2K in these instances, and you and I are, you know, in that crowd. And look, even if that is just speculation, which it, which it is, the way they were trying to put out that fire, the defensiveness, which, look, I understand defending your product, and, and certainly a lot of people, when they come at you with some of the, the threats or the language they use, which is not constructive, I can understand standing your ground and pushing back a little bit. But at the same time, this is a, a very big issue that looks like, and even if it's not as bad as it seems, even if it is a cosmetic issue, it's still bad and it has still created panic for a game that people are putting money into. That And just as a sidebar here, because remember what people are always saying, you don't have to spend, but clearly a lot of people do. So, I mean, that speaks for itself, does it not? The fact that people are spending even though they, quote-unquote, don't have to, well, maybe they do have to, you know, or, or maybe it's very strongly encouraged. That's And that's the point that I continue to make. And we talked about it. You know, if they want to get to the point where they're having fun and they're up to par and all of that stuff, a lot of people do have to do, do feel they have to spend um, in order to not waste their time completely or spend months trying to get up to a level to achieve that. Right. Exactly. So, and which is where the intentional grind comes in. And, and people ask, again, if people, if people are spending that much money, then it's clear that that's, pretty much the way to have fun the way to get there and not have to grind and endure uh, an, a, uh, an unenjoyable grind basically which is again the whole point you don't have to but you probably will need to and it's not very fun if you don't and that's the important thing but even putting that aside the the way that it's been addressed by some of the 2k reps on twitter and they've pointed out, or oh, look, we because people are saying, why didn't you test this? Well, we can't test everything. We can't find it. And it's true. It is technically true what they're saying. But 2K just does not have the goodwill to come back at people saying that because people they have raised the price of the game. They have not lowered the price on current gen. They still have pushier and pushier recurrent revenue mechanics. They have changed things under the hood uh, and not and tried to do it very quietly. There was the issue with my team a couple of years ago where the, the Pink Diamond LeBron card uh, locker code leaked and they quietly removed it from everybody's accounts, tried to make tried to do it so that nobody would notice that people had already applied consumables to, diamond consumables to. So th the way they've handled their business has not been transparent. It has not inspired goodwill. So you don't really get to come at people and waggle your finger and say, you don't understand how games are developed. And some people don't have a full appreciation or understanding of game development. And yes, of course, issues will happen, but you don't get to be defensive about this. It is absolutely right. the wrong approach. It, it, I saw that and I was, I was, I was disgusted because you don't, they've treated us as consumers quite badly. And of course, yes, we keep buying the games and as so many people do. So maybe it's on us at the end of the day, but I, I saw some of those responses from running 2k and other reps and I thought this is just not the way to address it. You are you are reading the room terribly. This tone is not appropriate. This tone is not good for the justifiable outrage that people are feeling. You do not respond in this way. This makes you look even worse. No, exactly. And you know, look at two K eighteen and before two K seventeen was taken off Steam. Those games still being priced at fifty nine ninety nine. Give me a break. 
they, you know, that's why people don't have good, you know, good, the, the, like stuff like that. They, that's why they don't have goodwill towards 2K. Why is NBA 2K18 still 59.99 on Steam when it's been stripped of half of its modes? Same when 2K17 was on there, 2K19 and whatnot. You know, when the servers are down, you know, you can't play my team, etc. You can't play my career online, and those games are still 59.99. Like stuff like that. That's the stuff. You know, those games should be on sale constantly, or they should be quite a bit cheaper and whatnot. They're old versions of NBA 2K, and they're just they're always that price. And that's just that's just a small example of something that really bothers me. But it's little things like that. The fact, that I, and I did an article on this, that the Legend Edition of 2K18 was still available a couple of years after the servers were shut down, when half of its, in fact, all of its pre-order bonuses from that Legend Edition are VC-related and my, uh, my career-related for the, the neighborhood, all of which were no longer available oh. in the game. Yet they were still selling that, that expensive version. I bet you anything people bought it. Yeah, and then couldn't use that any yeah. of the bonuses. Yeah, absolutely. It just ugh, drives me up a wall. And, you know, the thing is, is if you say something about it and you're you say something about it in the wrong community, you'll get like basically crapped on as somebody is just being a complainer. You're a, you're a hater, you, you know, you don't need to get that game. Why not get the new game like everybody else? And, and you know, there's always the well, they're dealing with a lot of. Uh, crap on social media from people who are being very nasty and not uh, interacting respectfully, which is true. But at the end of the day, they're the professionals, and the and the problem is is that okay, by all means, hit back hit back at the people who are being disrespectful and toxic, right? But if you if somebody it, the problem is the people that are coming with very uh, fairly phrased and politely phrased uh, complaints and qu- and questions, are, they're still getting that snarky comeback that the rude people are as well. So kind of everybody gets that comeback, and that's not fair. And that's what people say, well, you know, F you 2K. You know, this is how we, we don't feel that goodwill with the brand. Yeah, the communication needs to be better. No, you can see that the goodwill for the brand has really gone sideways when you look at all the reviews and comments on Steam and whatnot, and we've talked about it over and over and over again, how how that's a red flag. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really frustrating to see it. And they don't even respond to me anymore. So, you know, in the past, I believe I've gotten a response on something from Mike Wang. Um, I've, I've received a response from, I want to say it was Dazar at one point, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, but they won't even respond to me anymore. I'll, I'll shoot a screenshot of feedback or, or I'll make a comment and whatnot. And they're just like, I'm either muted or they're just like, screw him. So, I don't even expect to get a response from them anymore. No, it, it's, uh, it is very disheartening. And, and again, the people, it's just unfortunate that people, that, that they are rightfully upset, but they still phrase it in a way that's fairly polite and, and very restrained given how rightfully upset they are. And, it's, and the, uh, the condescending attitude when it's thrown back in their face is just, it, it's just very disappointing. It really is. Um, Maybe if it changes in the future, maybe if things get bad enough or another competitor gets into the space, maybe they change their approach. Uh, but right now they feel untouchable, and that's the way I look at it. It's what it comes down to, absolutely. It also, however, Derek, makes me feel very happy that I'm not in that scene anymore, the my career and the connected modes. I mean, I've had a lot of fun with those modes. As burned out on those modes as I felt, I really got into the 2K14 my career and recently wrapped that up. Uh, I'm, I'm done with that now. But 
I just don't want to deal with it anymore. But of course, for the people who are dealing with it and playing those modes, I want them to be as great as they possibly can be. And issues like this, it's what we've always feared. Those those post-release nerfs and the quietly changing things with the with the meta and the badges and and they've they've done that before with the rating thresholds have changed for the uh, for animations and whatnot and and for badges and people that have already made their builds. Uh, are stuck with them because they designed it based on the meta that was there at launch and of course it costs money to 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 uh, to make a new build i know they've got this rebirth going on with the season two which is there's goodwill in that and that's the frustrating thing is that they they will do that but then they'll they'll mishandle other situations and it's just uh, it's just a real shame because those modes are very capable of being a lot of fun but again there's all that focus on there's this kind of shady stuff and there's focus on cosmetic items over things like proper matchmaking and really making the scene uh, a viable online competitive scene that is welcoming to all with a proper leveling up system and, and grading and matchmaking it's just a shame that, that we don't have that competition as we've said so many times before because we can see we can see what's happened yeah i'll say again um and i've said this on many podcasts prior i mean even when we first started recording together almost 100 episodes ago now i think that the game should remain release day gameplay unless there's something game breaking that way the gameplay doesn't change in all the modes and they don't break stuff within the game and things like this badge issue doesn't happen and whatnot um all of these patches that nerf the gameplay and nerf aspects of the gameplay completely hurt you know your game and my team they they hurt your my nba that you've already started and whatnot because different happenings now on on the court and the game doesn't function the same it affects your my creator but it just affects all modes and um unless it's game breaking i just don't even think patches should exist no, to be completely honest with yeah. you and, and the games come out stronger by default if they they feel the need to do seven eight nine ten you know patches within just like a couple months so it needs to be better by default. And see, when if Mortal Kombat, for example, changes the meta in its online competitive scene, you don't have you you haven't had to grind really hard to build up a character and upgrade attributes or buy them. Uh, there are uh, purchasable consumables. There is there are current revenue mechanics in Mortal Kombat 11 because that is gaming in 2021, unfortunately. But as far as simply on the sticks online competitive play, if they change the meta, that's the same for everyone it's the characters that you choose and of course it's unfortunate that if you are used to playing one way that you need to relearn but at least that's relearning stick skills and adjusting strategy it's not lost time or money as such so that is the difference between that kind of online scene and the online scene in 2k there's a lot of concepts mixed together in 2k with the mic with micro and its connected modes with uh, the mmorpg and your traditional nba sim a lot of concepts just smash together and they don't always play together very well. Right. And none of this stuff and, and all of these constant updates, uh, wouldn't be a thing without money being attached and greed. Yep. Um, it really goes back to that. It does. But, uh, to end on a more positive note, Derek, uh, what are you looking forward to playing in, uh, on the virtual hardwood over the next week or so? Uh, I'll probably start that in my NBA um, with my brother on NBA 2K22 next gen with him using the Warriors and then me either using the Pelicans or the Trailblazers go against each other and do that. Um, we'll continue our Legends season where we're 60 games in um, as well. Um, my NBA 2K17 um, weekend games 
have been great um, with my two brothers, all of us on the same team using the makeshift Celtics um, against, um, you know, other teams in a fantasy draft with the greatest players of all time. So that's been really fun. So we'll be playing more of that. Um, other than that, I'd like to get back into doing more Parsec gaming, obviously continuing the NBA um, live 10 series with you. Now that we have one game in and we kind of got our feet wet into the series. Um, and as far as playing any more classic games, it's tough because my time is thin right now. So everything that I just committed to kind of, you know, when I was just talking to you about that, I don't have much time for much else. Uh, I'd like to get back into playing NBA 2K19 with Stildo. Um, we were having a lot of great games and I posted some of them on my YouTube and on your tube, your YouTube as well, or excuse me, the NLSC YouTube. Um, but I just don't have as much time as I did before. So um, I've had to put that on the back burner and that's kind of sucked. So we'll see what happens. What about you? Well, I, of course, I'm looking forward to getting back into the Parsec sessions, NBA Live 10, getting our series, uh, you know, is, is underway, as you said. So we'll hopefully uh, have a, a very fun series moving forward with that. Uh, on Fire Edition with the road trip, uh, playing with you and also uh, playing a little bit more on PS3 and unlocking the street team on uh, on 360 as well would be great. Um, obviously, the, the My NBA in 2K22 with the Bulls, I, I'm quite looking forward to, as long as the rosters are up to date, which I'll, I'll double-check with that after we finish recording, actually, and make sure that they're, uh, they've come through and are properly updated. I might be able to start that uh, this this weekend or in the next couple of days. Um, retro, I, I have put 2K14 aside and Live 10, apart from playing it with you, is, is kind of on the back burner as well. Uh, I do need to get some screenshots and possibly videos for for upcoming features that I want to do for uh, for the NLSC, way back Wednesday and uh, and Friday five etc. So I will be replaying some uh, some old uh, some older games there. Also, I've decided that the rest of this month I'll be focusing on getting some features drafted and scheduled because uh, November I really want to be working on some modding uh, because I have a couple of things that I want to come out uh, by kind of as a Christmas gift, hopefully. Uh, if uh, if I can get everything timed right, but November I'm thinking of really working hard on the modding. So for the rest of October, uh, which is just a few, just about a week now, I will be actually uh, yeah working on uh, on articles to get them done and and possibly some videos as well and done and scheduled ready for November so that I can just stick to modding. Yeah, you got a lot on your plate. But plus I want to do the top twenty five games uh, for our twenty fifth anniversary as well. So I've uh, hopefully I have some good features coming out over the next month or so. With that being said, that has brought us to the end of episode number 398 of the NLC podcast. We thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed joining us for a discussion of basketball gaming, the weekend news, and also what we've been playing. The show comes out every Sunday on the NLSC, which is mb-live.com, of course. You can also tune into the show on various podcatching apps and platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Podcast Addict, just to name a few. On those platforms, search for NLC Podcast, look for our logo, and that will be us. As we always say, though, as long as you're tuning into the show each and every week and enjoying it, that is the main thing. And as we wrap up here, we also invite you to connect with us on social media. So, Derek, uh, what are your handles and any other announcements you'd like to make before we wrap up here? I'll say like I did on so many past podcasts. Uh, just keep sending me those top 10 highlights. I know that you guys are playing your basketball video games. Um, I have the regular contributors each week, um, but I'd love to see your highlights and to be able to include them in the weekly top 10 uh you can find me at d for 384 on twitter where i'm the most active um and where i will tell you that you need to stop disrespecting clyde drexler i'll tell you that 
on that social media handle. Um, D for at D for three G is my gaming channel on Twitter. Um, I'm on YouTube, uh, D for three, and then on the NLSC, um, D for three, and I'm a team member over there. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I am Andrew in the forum and Andrew NLSC on Twitter. The NLSC's handles on Facebook and Twitter are at the NLSC. We are NLSC Basketball on Instagram. Our YouTube is youtube.com slash NBA Live Series Center. And of course, give a look to the NLSC itself, nb-live.com, for everything we do for basketball video games. But yes, that's all for this week, so thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Andrew. And I'm Derek. Go get buckets, everyone.